Hello and welcome to episode number 246 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books and with me today are all the bitches again. This is our at RT recap. I'm calling this sleepy bitches at RT. Not, not that different from when we were sleeping. We talked about it. Then we talked about it while we were at it. This is our impressions of the 2017 RT convention in Atlanta. We gathered in a hotel room like we do every year, and we talk about RT. We talk about romantic times, what we liked, what we noticed, what we enjoyed most. We start by talking about meeting so many of you, which easily is the best part. It was so cool to meet so many of you. We talk about Arthur, who manages the lines at RT in very brilliant and organized ways. We talk about our favorite events, including the incredibly fun and positive energy of our reader recommendation party, which could not have happened without all of you coming and being so awesome. And we talk about some of the panels we attended or in some cases were on. My mind is repeatedly occupied during this episode with my theory of effective swag, which is a continually evolving theory. And when we all start snacking during this episode, we get a little punchy discussing our wish list of future panels and uh, workshops. And we also discover how many bath bombs is too many bath bombs. I don't know if you needed to know the answer to this question, but we're going to answer it for you nonetheless. Now, this is only the first of several episodes that I have that I recorded at RT. I am definitely going to have three, possibly four, including our live show, which was so much fun. If you attended RT and you came to the live show, Oh, I hope you enjoy the episode because I'm having the best time editing it. Which moves me to my next item on the intro list. I have a list because I have a list for everything. Pretty much all things are controlled in my life by lists. So first thing, I want to give an enormous, massive, ample thank you to every Patreon supporter for making our live show possible. I will have special cuts and outtakes and some bonus content for the Patreon supporters as I edit. And if you want to get in on the fun or you want to have a look and see what's going on with the Patreon, have a look at patreon.com slash smart bitches for a dollar a month or even a little more. You make a huge difference in keeping this podcast increasing in its awesomeness as fast as I can possibly manage. All of the equipment that I used for the live show and the, the microphones, the cables, the multi-track digital recorder, all of that was possible because of Patreon supporters. So if you're a Patreon supporter of this podcast, thank you. If I knew where you lived and it was feasible, I would bake you all the best cookies. Now, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible has things they need you to know, and I kind of need you to know these things too because Audible is rad. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, and if you have if you travel a lot, Having someone tell you a story is a brilliant way to use up travel time. Now, last week, I did some recommendations of audiobooks that I know are pretty rad. This time, I wanted to recommend some narrators that I know are superb, and they're names that I look for when I'm shopping for audiobooks to listen to. First of all, Renee Rodman. I did a two-part interview with her a few years ago. She talked about developing Curran's Growl for the Alona Andrews series, and she's terrific at it. Her narration of all of Ilona Andrews' books is just, it's terrific. The late Anna Fields narrated Susan Elizabeth Phillips' books, and Fields was exceptionally good, especially at comic timing, which is really difficult when it's your own words, let alone someone else's words. She was a brilliant, brilliant narrator. And finally, you've probably heard this mentioned before, Nicholas Bolton narrates uh, and performs Laura Kinsale's books, and you should find a sample because, wow. And you know, that was two women, so I'll, narr I'll, I'll recommend two male narrators. They are abridged. It is the only sad thing about these. There are, I believe, four Georgette Heyer novels narrated by Richard Armitage, and I think I've listened to each of them at least three times. They're awesome! And like, if you need ear candy, if it, it's the ultimate in ear candy. Richard Armitage reading Georgette Heyer. Wow. Yeah, it's great. You can get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash smartpodcast. That's audible.com slash smartpodcast. Once you sign up, you get exclusive programming like Authorized, which this season is all about sex and romance, and it's a terrific season. I've been saving them up and then listening while I walk the dogs. And if you decide to sign up and you use this URL, double and triple thank you because you're letting them know that advertising on podcasts like this one is an effective way to advertise. So audible.com slash smart podcast. And if you have recommendations for audiobooks that you think people should know about, email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. 
Now, I, of course, will have links to all of the books that we talk about, and I will have links to pictures of us when this episode goes up on Friday, May... It's 2017, right? Uh, that March, I know. Uh, but, but Friday, May 12th. Yay! Good job, Sarah. On Friday, May 12th, I will also have an entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com with pictures and our own uh, recaps of the things we like best, plus a reader and uh, also a reader. A reader and a reader. A reader and her mom, who are both readers. So it's two readers, but they're related. They did not have the best time at RT. And while we had a, a great time, and I realize this is my ninth RT, I also want to make sure that, you know, people who didn't have a great time get to share what they thought, because their experience and their reactions are equally valid. So if you're curious, you want to see pictures of some of the things we're talking about, including a picture of us recording this episode, <laughs> you go to smartbitchestrashybooks.com. It'll be in there along with the podcast entry. Music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I will have information at the end of the show as to who this is. Currently, I have one dog and two cats running around my office. So if you were thinking, gosh, you know, recording at RT means you didn't bring your pets. Yes, I did not bring my pets, but they are they are helping now because, well, I'm recording. They know it. It's time to chase each other and knock boxes over. I should just get them a cat toy with like bells on it, right? Like I'll start recording and they'll be like, woohoo, it's bell time. I have one more thing on my list for the intro here. And this is a little bit technical. I'm, I'm actually a little worried about sharing this because maybe this is just way too much information. But normally when I'm editing the podcast, I'm editing one audio track that contains both my voice and the voice of whomever else I am interviewing, which is why sometimes you'll hear us talk over one another and I can't really separate that out. So because of the equipment that I used, which was so high grade, I was... I will be honest, I was a little intimidated by this equipment when I was unpacking it. I was kind of like, wow, this is this is very professional and I am not uh, that. Yeah, not that. So what I'm working with here is actually five separate tracks, which is really cool. There's one for each of the microphones and we pass the microphones around. Plus the uh, recorder itself had a sort of omnidirectional ambient mic that was picking up all, all of us. Now, the good news is it creates a much bigger, fuller sound. When I was editing with headphones on, it was really nice quality. I was very impressed. But this also calls upon my skills to level out the volume. Some of us are louder than others. I am a very loud voice. Carrie is a loud voice. Elise is a quiet voice. So I did my best to modulate the volume because I do, although I tell people not to read their reviews, I do read the reviews of the podcast because I want to know how I can improve your listening experience. And I know for some of you, especially when I am laughing, that it's too loud. So I have done my best to modulate the volume so that we will make the super loud parts more quiet and make the quiet parts more loud so that it should be uh, relatively even or at least just not eardrum rupturingly painful. If I've actually ruptured someone's eardrums, I'm gonna feel guilty for like ages. I don't think that I have though. All of this is to say, I am learning with this new equipment and I am learning with multiple tracks and I am doing my best to make it a good listening experience. If I can improve it in any way, would you please tell me? I wanna make it better. I wanna make each episode better, especially better than that one early on where it sounds like I'm running around the microphone in circles. That was, that was bad, I should not have done that. I don't know how that ended up happening, but whatever it was, I really apologize. So if I can make this better, if I can make the listening experience better, would you please tell me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, as I said, this is a learning progress. Progress? Process. It's learning. I am making progress in my process of learning. But yeah, it's just me, GarageBand, and a couple of really nifty pieces of equipment. And one last thing. I know, I know. You want to hear the interview already. I'm, I'm getting there. I promise. It's a long intro. I'm getting there. I mentioned before that I read the reviews of the podcast. And I learned over the past week at RT a little bit about podcasting reviews and how word of mouth is extremely effective in promoting a podcast. Now, this show is, you know, for, for us. This is our romance community show. But I also know a lot of you who are listening are not necessarily romance readers, which is totally rad. So however you found out about this show, thank you for joining us. And if you have told someone about the show or recommended it, or left a review or left a rating wherever you listen to it, I want to say a big, massive, you know, supercell cloud-sized thank you because you are helping more people discover the show. And I met more listeners this year at Romantic Times than I have in the past few years of doing the show. 
So thank you for being part of the podcast and thank you for reviewing it and listening and for your feedback and for just generally being awesome. If you're walking around today being awesome, you're making the world a better place. Well done. And I am going to shut up now. You ready? I'm going to shut up. Really? Just in a second. Well, after I say these words and then I'm going to shut up. Uh, thank you for joining us. And now on with the podcast. So I have two quick things to share. One, when I was in line for coffee, this woman was looking at my badge and looking at my badge. And I'm like, fuck, right? Because this could go one of two ways. And then she told me that um, we got her back into knitting and she made like 25 pussy hats as a result of Aww, us getting her back into knitting. And then Amanda and I went to this really nice restaurant for lunch and people were looking at us funny because we had a lengthy conversation about child hobos. Well, why don't you have a conversation about how Because there was, I think it was Alabama, some lawmaker who wants to end compulsory schooling and not, quote unquote, force school down people's throats. And we were like, do you just become a child hobo then? Like, what's the alternative? Roam the train tracks looking for unopened cans of beans. <laughs> so I have two things to tell all of you. First, I had lunch with some people from Grand Central today, and they were counting up which ones of you they hadn't met yet. We're, we're like Pokemon. Yes! You're like your own poke style. Like, she, oh, I met Elise. Oh, you met Elise. I haven't met Elise yet. <laughs> it was so cute. So then, here's the cool thing. So I had a meeting with uh, um, Emily from Wax, who's the head of Wax Creative, mm -hmm. who does the site. So yeah. she gives me this printout of these are the site stats from when they redesigned the site until now. So she could look at the top 10 pages and then identify opportunities for additional advertisement or inter site, like house ads and mm -hmm. inner house promotion. So this is the top 10 over. Uh, June 2015 to today. So like a little over, a little under two years. So obviously number one is like the main page and then number two is page two. Um, then reviews by grade, reviews that are for specifically books, the podcast, the reviews page, uh, a more page, which we're going to work on because that's actually on the tablet and the phone only. And it's like when, when you shrink down the site, the top menu, when things drop off, the word more appears and people really like that. Um, page three, which is nice grades, a plus, and then number 10 in under just under two years, the number 10 most popular page on the site with 32,437 page views is Mad Max Fury road makes your rape argument invalid. No. <laughs> the bottom. Ah! Isn't that amazing? Yes! So technically like very, very for real, that's viral. No. For my site, yeah. Woo! This is this Woo! is nearly two years. So, um, Carrie, yeah. nice job. Thank you. Yay! So, guys, how is our tea this year so far? It's awesome. Okay, so I've been having a fairly comparatively chill RT, um, which is made much easier by the fact that this hotel is so much better than Vegas. Oh, so much better. It's better in that everything is sort of centralized along a tube, so you can get back to your room and drop off bags or change your shoes, which I've been doing three times a day. Um, These are important things. Yeah. And so, like, you will run into people in the elevators and wander around the lobby and find friends, and it's just so much less stressful to get down to the actual convention site that doesn't involve walking a, hike a mile and a half that may require a sherpa or two i hit my step goal in vegas by like 10 a.m yeah exactly because right? it was so far from the hotel to the conference and yes yeah. it's all in one place yes also the food options are much more varied and just better and you can leave and there's like a food court and restaurants yeah, and exactly. like you can actually eat a healthy thing like a like a vegetable which you can eat rad. a vegetable. You can also get cinnamon roll French toast across the street. Corner bakery? Yeah. That's pretty good. Isn't it? That's really freaking good. So what have you thought about the conference this year itself? Is it better than last year? Is it about the same? How are you enjoying the conference itself? I mean, just the circumstances surrounding the conference is so much better. I'm just enjoying myself more. Mm -hmm. 
and it's so much more relaxed. Um, I've been to some really great panels. We just, I just like literally ran here from a panel on Regency and Georgian historicals with Julia Quinn and Valerie Bowman and Elizabeth Hoyt and As Anna Bradley, who is like, oh, smart bitches. I love them. I read you every day. That's how I found out that some of my books were on sale. So good job, <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> That's actually very common. Like when Amanda so schedules the tweets for books yeah. on sale, I'll see an author go, oh, hey. Oh, hey. I <laughs> had no great. idea. Um, and the conversation got briefly derailed into... Another author had her her taxonomy of romance husbands. There's a taxonomy? There's a taxonomy. There are four types. There's the one that shows up after you have gotten successful and mysteriously disappears after a baby. Um, there's the one who is threatened by his wife's success. There's the one who wraps himself up in the wife's success. This is our book. This is our contract. And yes, Mm -hmm. yes, these first three types are gross. And then there is the lovely kind who is, she says that she has found that they are often left brain oriented careers. So like engineers, computer guys, scientists. And so nothing they do is involved in their wife's career so they're lovely and supportive and like bring the tea or as julie quinn says i don't let him bring me coffee because he doesn't make it right but he would if i would let him three out of- I'm, I'm looking up this this other author right now eileen dryer eileen dryer eileen dryer that makes sense yes that makes sense um but she she came up with this uh at a rt long since past she was hanging with nora roberts and a few other people who were not nominated for awards so they were in the back of the award ceremony talking about everybody else. So that was a really excellent panel. And we also talked about history. And then there was a girl who was like, I'm having, tr- in the in the audience, who said, I'm having trouble finding sources for history that aren't like a list of battles. And me and Julia and Melody, all the authors were like, here are some ideas. And me and Julia and Melody, the Swedish podcasters, were like, girl, we got you. Yeah, we're here with you. <laughs> we're going to send you here, here, and here. Email me. It was a good time. That's very cool. Elise, how's RT been for you? RT's been really good. I've been, as I think everyone knows, because everyone keeps looking at me and being like, you okay? I've been kind of like RTing in a fibro fog. Um and then I also drunkenly babbled at Damon Swade for like five minutes, but he kept touching me, so I think we were okay. Oh, we you were kind really of like fine. we were drunk babbling at each other. I was talking to him in passing on my way between two sessions, and this, the, I've seen this kind of guy a couple of times at different romance conferences. It's an older dude in a windbreaker and jeans, um, who looks completely ill at ease by the number of women and the number of shirtless pictures on the wall around him, but he's pretty sure he could write a really good romance novel and he wants to talk to an agent. Oh, great. I've met that guy, like that type of person a couple of times. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And I'm like, he, so he walks up to me and Damon Swade because we're having this conversation about, I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. And Damon Swade's like a foothold taller than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy walks up and he goes, are you guys agents? And we're like, no because i really think i could be very good at historical romance and i was like okay bro bro (laughs) bro bro so i was i was like sort of trying to think very quickly how to gently disengage from this person who clearly wanted the opportunity Mm -hmm. to tell me all about his book and i did not want to know and i was like i am sorry we are not agents or editors and and Damon's like, yeah, I do not publish books. And and I was like, don't say you write them because he's going to ask you or tell you about his. And Damon just stopped right there. And I was like, oh, thank God. He has, he's met this guy before too. <laughs> and I'm like, but if you go over there to the registration, you can probably find out about buying a day pass and seeing if there are any agent pitch appointments open because they do have agents here being pitched you could just get a day pass but you want to talk to that woman over there and then i was like mentally thinking lady i am so sorry i'm so sorry because talked right on over but i am gonna bet you that he does not buy a day pass because that would be an actual investment he just wants to walk up and pitch somebody in the lobby of a hotel right and get a five million dollar contract because that's how that works right oh yeah totally so if 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 he was like touching you and engaged in the conversation. You were fine. Okay. Because I well, watched him talk to, to the most awkward and intrusive person. That's that's good to know. No, it's been really good. 
Um, the hotel is definitely better. It feels smaller this year, though. Like the overall attendance feels. It's not. It is not. Okay. It is not. I will tell you. I think they just did a better job of managing things then. Mm-hmm. There's this guy who works for RT. His name is Arthur. He's an older gentleman. He's bald. He wears suspenders. Arthur gets shit done in line. Like he's like, you're going to sit there. You're going to sit there. You're going to sit there. Now you people face this way. We're going to do this. Like we, he, he's ready for like the invasion of Normandy, <laughs> right? <laughs> if there's gonna, an apocalypse here at RT, he's in charge. We're going to get you in that ballroom. You're going to get your books done. We're going to do this in an orderly fashion. I love Arthur. I saw him in the, the elevator dam. Like people hey. who fear crowds and chaos love dudes like him. He's amazing. So here's the thing I learned. So New Orleans four years ago had really high attendance because it's New Orleans, New Orleans, the following year, Atlanta did not, was not as big, or not, not Atlanta, this is Atlanta, Dallas. Remember, Dallas was smaller. Then it was Vegas, and Vegas had a high attendance because it's Vegas. Mm-hmm. And my understanding that was that RT was expecting a little bit of a drop, but they didn't get one. Hmm. For one thing, Atlanta is cheap as fuck to fly to from most major airports. There are a lot of people who would drive in, which they did. And so as a result, I've seen a lot more readers of color. I've seen a lot more women of color. I've seen a lot more expressions of gender fluidity. There are a lot of people who are clearly openly gender fluid and gender queer and have this yes. huge wide range of gender expression. And I haven't seen that as much in previous RTs, which means that this is a safe place and that makes me so happy. I think the the... Um, buttons were a really good idea, redheaded girl, because the number of people who have come up to me and been like, oh, you're from Smart Bitches, and then we wind up like going to more. dinner with yeah. people who read the site or just hanging mm-hmm. out in the bar, like it's very, yes. it's very chill. Redheaded yeah, I, girl. I keep switching bags uh, because I got this beautiful, gorgeous bag from a Bollywood panel, which was the best. Um, but I keep switching bags, and then people are like, do you have pins? And I'm like, I don't, here, just take mine. Mm-hmm. So I've been through several rounds of pins actually on my batch. And this, this supports my, my developing theory of swag. There's swag for at the conference that helps you identify what group you're in mm-hmm. and helps you identify what you love so that other people can identify the things that you love that they love too. And then there's swag for after the conference, which is what the stickers are for, because that you're going to put on your laptop mm-hmm. or put on your book or put on your car if you're me or your brand new kindle fire (laughs) yay kindle fire what about the individual events have there been books at events some we went to me and another reader um went to the rockabilly festival and they had all of these booths around the edge and some you could play games to get a book some of them were giving out books um and then you would wait in line to play a game and they had books on the table and posters of book covers. You would assume that there would be a book to win. No. Not if always. You, if you won the game, you'd get like a pair of sunglasses or so, like after waiting in line for 15 minutes. So the person I was with, I won't say your name just in case. It's not okay. But she's like, the booth should be labeled. Win a no book shit. Here. Work for your shit free shit (laughs) and we were talking i we both went to separate events where they did the same thing where you walked in the door and you got a piece of paper that had author's book covers on it and you had to collect all 10 signatures in order to get a bag with books or to be entered into a raffle to potentially win a bag with books so all this did was it made you the entire event wait in line and then there was so much pressure to get all 10 signatures by the time the event was over in an hour that authors you know you could tell they weren't spending the time they wanted to with the readers like readers actually wanted to interact with them they couldn't people in line would get annoyed if someone wanted to you know take can a you picture take, take a, a picture hug, right it was such a it was such a bad plan it it all it did was really irritate everyone in that room and it changed the focus because if the focus is come and meet the authors you want to meet then it's okay can i take a picture i mean at the RWA signing, Nora Roberts' table line will go out the door and down the hall, and they'll start giving out tickets at RT signings for tables that are crowded because readers want to tell you all the things and take a right. picture and just, you know, you've got this 30-second to one-minute time span to meet this author who rocked your world. If you change the focus from meeting the author to getting a signature, then the point isn't meeting the author. The point is for the author to write her name on a piece of paper, and then you move on. And if And if I was... If I was determined to get some books, there was a book I really wanted, and it was an author I didn't know. I mean, that's super awkward. Hi, I don't know you. I don't really care. Can you sign my paper? Bye. Right. And then the whole idea is that you win books by the author, 
which would have been better to just give me the books so that I can get my book signed, not the stupid piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Because now the event is done. I can't get my book signed. Part of the problem, though, is that books are more and more of an expensive commodity, and publishers generally can't be like, yeah, let's ship 3,000 books. That's no big deal. That's too much of a well, price loss. Elise and I were talking at lunch, and we were curious. We were, you know, speculating. But I remember going to BEA, Book Expo America, one year, um, which is an industry Right, that's for booksellers for and book booksellers buyers. booksellers and stuff like that. But I went, and I was really disappointed that there weren't any romance publishers on the floor with booths and i reached out to a publicist and was like hey are you gonna be at bea and they reserve all of their stuff for BookCon, which is the fan like weekend following bea because it's such a consumer driven genre and so i'm very curious because um at the end of RT, the last two days, Saturday and Sunday, are the Fantastic Day. Oh, yeah. So I'm I know what's in the bag for Fantastic Day. So days. I'm wondering if publishers are saving yes. their books for Fantastic the, day. the reader-focused, dedicated days rather than, um, you know, the industry stuff, the librarian stuff. I mean, there are reader events during the week, mm -hmm. but those two days are specifically for readers. It's not the, – the time isn't shared with – you know, aspiring writers and agents right. and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm wondering if the shift for books is going more towards the weekend days rather than providing them for the stuff during the week. Yes. And I also know that for the panels that I have been on that have had authors on the panel, all of them brought two or three copies of their books to give away to people in the audience. Even at librarians, the librarians day panel I did, they, everyone brought books and that's a particularly um, – that can be a really high-ticket item when the presses that specialize in gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, et cetera, literature, those books are digitally $9 and up. In print, $14 and up. So that's a really high-ticket item. They will bring their copies to panels that they're on, and then that turns into a signing opportunity. Like if you ask a question and you get a book from that author, then you come up and sign it, and that's a bigger, that's a bigger deal. What about you, Carrie? How are you enjoying RT this year? I am having a blast at RT. Not everybody can tell because, like Elise, I am in this major fibro fog. Um, I am recording this podcast with my head back against the wall, and all I've eaten today is, like, two Fig Newtons and some chocolate, and I'm sort of staring into space. You know I have snacks? I got snacks here. You, you got snacks. Good. I'll grab a snack later. So, uh, now they're, so, dear listeners, now they're, like, all feeding me. So, yes, so I am in a big fibro fog, but I am having a really good time. I really appreciate the um, mobility access um, in this hotel because I am getting my steps in every day, but I don't feel as exhausted as I did at Vegas. I super appreciate that the, I don't have to walk through clouds of smoke that make me violently ill every day. That was a big Vegas problem. Meanwhile, at the Kensington thing, Sonali Dev had her arc of her newest book that is coming out. And I think it doesn't come out till December. Yep. And I know uh, uh, Alyssa Cole yes. ran out of books. Yep. And those are signings you don't have to pay for the books. Right. Those are, those, so, the, so the way it happens usually in RT is that there's publisher signings where you get in line. You, maybe you get a book signed by the author that you don't have to pay for. But the big signing on Saturday, you pay for those books. So if you come to the conference, because you, somebody listening might be like, well, if I sign up for Fan Day and I get a big reg bag full of books, then why would I come to the rest of the conference? Because the rest of the conference has the publisher-specific signings. So what sessions have you guys been to that you thought were outstandingly good and fun? Our own? Can we say that? Yeah. Yes, of course. The energy was so great in that room, yeah. the reader recommendation party. And a lot of people, I'm sure, have been coming up to the yeah. other bitches, but me as well and... You know, they were saying how great it was and all the recommendations. And I think on Instagram, someone tagged us. Um, they took a photo of their notebook with all the recommendations that they liked written down. And it was like a page and a half that they had written. Um, there was so much good reads add to your shelf going on. Unfortunately, on someone had asked on Instagram if we wrote down the recommendations and we didn't. I don't know why we didn't think of it. Next year we have yeah. to. So we'll hopefully like we, we can just keep track of it and then, you know, well, garlic knitter is going to be there next year. Yeah. Well, the site. <laughs> Poor garlic. Don't put her to work. Already come. So you realize what that is as a live version of the blog. 
Yeah. It's a live in person blog post. And mm-hmm. it, and I was convinced when we first did it that it was not going to work. And it totally works. The other thing I love is that um, you get different auditory reactions from people. Like, yeah. and you could be like, oh, I love that book. <gasps> or, and then there's, I want to recommend book title by author title. And it's about a mermaid and a Viking and they're lesbians. And there's, a, and people are like, what, 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 what? Give me the name again. Like you have yeah. to say it over again because people get upset that they wouldn't hear it. It's seriously, it's like a, a like a revival tent. Everyone's like, hands <laughs> <laughs> are in the air. Right. And the other thing is, uh, did you guys know, by the way, that Meg Tilly is here? Yeah. Yes, I saw her. Jennifer Tilly's sister and romance what? author. What? And what? award-winning actress. She's in she... Yeah, she's here. She's she here. She's an author. Yeah. She was at our regular recommendation party. She made a recommendation. Yeah. I talked to her. She has this lovely, like, silver bob. She's oh, RHG yeah. is not okay right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's here. She writes under Sarah something. Oh yeah, she's she's here as an author. I will if I see her again, I'll be like, hey, person on there, come on here. Um, the the other cool thing about the reader rec party that I love is that there are publicists in the room and they want to tell you about books that they've read that aren't from their own houses. So like one of them, it wasn't Aaron. She, the other one flipped her badge so people wouldn't see that she was publishing house. And she's like, I want to recommend this book I just finished. I think an art, I think one of the art director of source books came to the thing. Yes. Yeah. The art director. She stopped me and she's like, you recommended a promise of fire. Yep. Art director was there. Also speaking of panels, Sarah, yeah. several people have come up to me to say how amazing that inspirational panel was. Oh, that's they so said it was awesome. so good. I'm so glad. So good. Moderating is hard because I want to make sure everyone talks and I don't want to, um, I don't want to talk, but I also have to sort of link together all the questions and the people who were on that panel were so great it was such a good panel also meg tilly's uh writing name, name. is sarah flynn no flynn no h on sarah so carrie what about you what um what sessions have you found the most fun that you were hoping happen again next year okay so other than ours which is i'm sorry always the most fun I'm um, not the, paying anyone to say that. Don't knock over your Coke. I'm not paying anyone <laughs> in this room to say I'm offering snacks and water. It's all the, I got here. The only thing about ours is it feels so rushed. Like, I want an hour and a half I want year. an hour and a half. I think two ask. hours would be too long, but one hour is just too short. I don't think any panels go two hours. No, I want no. an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Anyway, other than ours, which I adore, um, the Bollywood thing was so much fun what did you guys do oh my god so so what did we do so we saw these trailers from bollywood movies and then uh a a male actor who was in some of the movies and different authors acted out different tropes we had to guess what the tropes were and there were also oh my gosh she is super pretty very pretty and um, they also had rather lavish prizes and gorgeous gift bags. And yes, they did give out books. So like it was satisfying on every level. It was like fun and it was social. And at the same time, it was kind of informative because I learned about a lot of authors who I did not necessarily know about. And it was really hilarious. And from a mercenary standpoint, you know, you got these incredible beautiful things and that supports my swag theory you have a book and a bag that you're going to use and when someone asks you oh that bag is beautiful where you get it? i got it at this really cool panel at rt right. yeah i mean that was and it was all it was all like beautifully tied together and hilarious and then the the, the last trailer they didn't get the subtitles turned on and then at the end they're like should we do it again with the subtitles turned on the whole audience is like no we got it right like we got the entire plot in hindi we think fig- you know we we're on it now like, by then, you kind of just knew how this works. and It's great. Also, we're going to add some Bollywood movies to our movie matinee list. I love this plan. Yes. Right. There was at least a couple from the panel we wanted to do. Yes. But, yeah. I learned that I need 200% more shirtless Ranveer Singh in my life. This was a thing I didn't know about. We watched, I don't know what movie it was, but he was laying shirtless on the edge of a balcony. He was smoking both literally and figuratively. <laughs> we we briefly discussed that someone is paid to oil his naked torso, right? Like, that's someone's job. 
get over there and oil that torso. And Sonali Dev is hilarious. She is so funny. She actually said in the, the panel, my characters fuck with their hearts. <laughs> so I have a great cover model story. And I feel like no I, one wants to hear I those. don't usually have those. Because I don't interact with a lot of the cover models. It's not. Yeah, I do remember. Um, I was drunk, though, so um, please excuse me. Um, Can I touch your beard, Charles? He was very nice, and the beard was very soft. Elise and I took a photo, a Carrie as well, with these two cover models at um, an event. I don't. Oh, it was Petticoats and Pistols. Um they were so tall and so nice, and we're all on the shorter side. The shorter side. Yeah, Carrie, Elise, and I. So it was lovely, and they were so nice. And I posted it on Instagram, and an author, Edie Harris, mentioned I, She's like, I think one of them is on my next cover. She wasn't sure, though. So I looked, and it looked like him, and I saw him at the – um, like 1920s event last night, and I asked, I was like, if I showed you a cover, would you be able to tell me if that's you or not? And surprisingly, he's like, I don't know. It's like most of the time, no one gives us a copy of the cover. Like, if we're friends with the authors, they'll let us know, but it's mainly just us stumbling across the covers, and we're like, oh, that's me. He was like, well, I'm going to show you the cover, and you can tell me if that's you or not. And I showed him, and he's looking, and he's like, yeah, that is me. He's like, that's my tie. He's like, you just made my night, because we never so get to see these covers. Cool. And so the photo, so his name's Sean Hampton. He's 6'2", so sweet. Is and this the monk guy or the kilt guy? The monk guy. The, the kilt guy. guy is 6'6". His name, his name is Mike Foster. Um, and Sean Hampton told me that he and Mike have a blog where they review the romance novel, the romance novels that they've been on for the cover. It's called, I trust you got a link. It's called Cover to Cover, CVR2, as in the number, um, CVR. We'll put a link up. But he gave me, like, a bookmark, and he's on one side, like, dressed as an Olympian, and Mike is on the other side, like, dirty and in a tank top, um, and it has their blog on it. And I, I was like, this is amazing i can't close my mouth right now i'm I so know. excited it was so nice <laughs> carrie needs to tell the story about the yeah, i gotta tell a story so i don't know if this is fair or unfair but at previous rts i didn't interact with cover models at all and i kind of avoided events they were at because i felt kind of like it felt a little skeevy sometimes like i'm kind of the prude of the group and i'm not comfortable with like that kind of the kind of objectification that sometimes occurs. So I was like, okay. But this time it's been like really chill and friendly and awesome. And I've, it's been great. So I go to, I, I go to take my picture with the two super t tall cover models. And what our listeners need to know is that Elise and Amanda are pretty petite, but I am four foot nine. There's petite and there's me. I'm teeny tiny. And I go up, and this is like, I think people think, oh, when you interact with the cover models, it's going to be like all sexy. This was the least sexy moment of my life. I go hopping up, and I go, I'm the shortest person you'll see here. I'm four foot nine. And the kilted dude goes, oh, my grandmother was four foot nine. Oh, no. <laughs> and in the picture, like, you barely come up past his massive kilt belt buckle i don't think i do come up past this belt buckle somebody somebody on this, right? facebook yeah. said i look pocket sized like like a little pocket size hey carry. there's a there's a term from uh, a couple decades ago called uh, a pocket goddess like a petite beautiful you could be their pocket goddess. pocket goddess i feel like if carrie amanda and i sat on each other's shoulders inside a trench coat we still would not be as tall as mike <laughs> If you would pitch, if you were going to pitch a panel for next year, either to be in or be on, what would you, what would you like to see or do? Totally your choice. You can be on stage or in the audience. There, there's actually a plot afoot um, with me and Joanna Shoup and Jennifer Halleck and Alyssa Cole. And we're talking about doing a panel on writing history that's not sexy and fluffy and fun. So writing the more difficult, angsty, complicated, and painful parts of history. Right. Or recognizing that, yes, even in your fluffy regencies, <laughs> where do you think those dukes were getting their money? My career goal is I would love to do more speaking things. So I would love to do a panel on 
Instagram. I really love that medium. I'm always looking for more ways to interact with it. I, for like the cocktails posts that I do, I built a photo box out of cardboard and paper just to make it look prettier. And I regularly stock the Michaels bargain bins for cute little stickers to use in photos. So I would love to both attend and be on a panel for that. That sounds awesome. In terms of a panel I want to see, I want to see, I know they do BDSM panels here about like what's new in BDSM romance, but I would like one totally dedicated to dom heroines or like switch or submissive heroes, like some bisexual. Oh, dumb. Amanda likes. I want a good dumb heroine. Um, my voice is going. Sorry. No, no. Um, hopefully context clues with BDSM people will understand. Um, so bisexual heroes. So stupid, they're dead. I know that would be amazing and i've gotten some great recommendations for those two while i've been here like talking to the right people so someone told you about natural law by joey hill right uh, no that's an older one that was one of the first bdsm novels that i read uh the hero is an undercover cop who goes undercover in a club where there's been a string of suspicious deaths outside and inside the club and he's trying to figure out what's happening um and he he is a dom but he goes undercover as a dumb dom Dumb. He's big and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Real dumb. (laughs) He's a real dumb dumb. That's going to be a series real soon. And he goes undercover as a submissive. And the female is also, she's a dom over him. And there's this awesome twist in the middle. It's really cool. Well, a lot of the... The end is not as strong, but the story itself is hot. A lot of the dom heroines that i read dumb. by the end of the book they're not doms anymore they're yeah. switches i was like that's not what i want but while i've been here the chris and ashley's new series I believe it's the deep end is the first one mm-hmm. um the heroine is a dom and the hero is described as an alpha submissive so outside of the bedroom he's an alpha hero but inside of the bedroom he's a submissive and that's all your cat i know and the dom heroine gets like she likes nurture, being able to nurture the hero and stuff like that. So I'm, I bought it because I, I didn't get it, an arc of it as much as I prayed and sacrificed and did things under a full moon that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> um, um, Were they and, dumb or dumb? Dumb. Uh, <laughs> um. I couldn't get, like, a copy in there. There have been no copies floating around here, and I'm leaving before the signing. So I bought it, and it will be waiting for me on my doorstep when I get back to Boston on Saturday. Nice. Elise? I don't know what I would do for a panel. I I think it would be really cool to what just get What would you a... do for a Klondike bar, though? What would I do for a Klondike <laughs> <laughs> It took a minute to God, for a minute. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, no, I don't know. I was really happy with the panels this year. There was a gothic panel, and then you went to the trends panel where they talked about gothic romance maybe making a resurgence, and that would be really that was amazing. so cool. There are so many retellings of Rebecca in different periods of time coming How did soon. I not? So if you look at the cover for Cocoa Beach by Beatrice Williams, it's like this sunny, bright, beautiful cover with this woman in the swimsuit, and it's a fucking retelling of... Rebecca, how did I not know this? I one-click bought that so hard. I pre-ordered so many books here. Zero self-control. I want more gothic. I want Crimson Peak with Tom Hiddleston, but with a happy ending, and nothing happens to the dog. So I would also like more gothic, but one of the things I think would be really cool would be to look at um, genre mashups, like... It occurred to me last night at like four in the morning, I don't know why, that Psycho, the movie Psycho, is a war between Gothic and Noir. So Norman Bates is all Gothic. From Norman Bates' point of view, he lives in a creepy-ass house on the top of a creepy-ass hill with creepy-ass weather, and he literally, in his mind, keeps a crazy lady locked in the attic and sometimes she escapes and prowls around the house and kills people. 
right? On the other hand, we're, we've got the encounter with the noir. You've got the ice blonde with the murky past and the suitcase full of stolen money. So Norman Bates is living a gothic life, but he's in a noir plot. And that obviously is <clears throat> not a romance, but... Wow, what hell, What else happens when you take Norco? Oh, oh, so many things. So... <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. But, but yeah, or, or like um, somebody mentioned The Circle as being an unusual gothic movie in that it's sort of this techno thriller, but it has a lot of really gothic elements, which did not occur to me at all. But based on the trailers, now I'm like, well... Yeah, you've got this vulnerable young woman who wears light colors a lot, who's sort of wandering around these spooky corridors unfolding a mystery. It's It doesn't have the gothic look with her big white eyes. It has kind of a gothic plot. If you were to switch out a lot of the nouns, you would find yourself with a very gothic type plot. So I find that kind of stuff really interesting. So I would like to either incorporate that more into a gothic panel or have a whole separate thing on mixing up genres and subverting tropes. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So what John Charles has said about gothics was that they're scheduled, in his opinion, to become a new trend, not only because of the number of re retellings of Rebecca, but because if you think about the books that have been huge hits in the past two years, they're all involving uh, psychological thriller plot lines with extremely unreliable heroine narrators. Told from the first person. There's a lot of gaslighting. Yep. And so the female psychological thriller is a thing that is really popular. If you add that to the gothic where you have the possible victimization, the, the very old tropes of the innocent heroine and the menacing house and the menacing guy and who what's happening. And then you add the psychological unreliable narrator and the idea that a psychological trick is being played on you as the reader. Those two would be very good together. They are the chocolate and, and peanut butter. I'm down for this. You just want all of them to be written immediately, right? I want them now, <laughs> right now. So what else would you guys like to talk about in terms of RT? Is there anything else you want to tell people about? So um, just like consumer warning, I don't have a bathtub at home. We have a steam shower and someone gave us really cool green bath bombs to uh, as swag. So last night I took a bath and when you put all the bath bombs in the one bath, you kind of turn a greenish color. <laughs> <laughs> so how easy is it being green? Well, it washed off right away, so we were okay, but I smelled very um, heathery. Like a person named Heather? No, the he <laughs> Heather was the scent of the... Like, How I many thought, bath bombs did you put in the Four. <laughs> well, that's your problem. I would like... Also, I would... bath bombs are great swag. That's yeah, a great... That is great. Who gave those out? It was at one of the historical panels, but... That's brilliant. I, I mean... I would like to point out, I was like two rum and cokes and a glass of wine into this process. <laughs> and I seriously, like, I came out of this thing smelling like after you get your dog groomed and they put the perfume on it. Like, I thought Carrie was going to come in here and be like, have you been grooming a schnauzer while I've been away? <laughs> we got the announcement that the tornado warning was over, but we never got the announcement the that the there morning. was a tornado warning. Well, I mean, the tornado warning is just like a state of being, so... Tornado you you exist there. always in a tornado warning, and they let you know when it when you're okay. No, that's that's the watch. I was out last night for dinner, and you were out at two in the morning. No, no, no. That was there were there were multiple tornado warnings. Oh, okay. This was like a third dinner at two a.m. <laughs> yeah, at, at a conference we eat like hobbits. <laughs> I got a coffee and a breakfast and an eleven Z's and a lunch, and I got a two o'clock and I got a drink, and then I got another drink, and then I got appetizers, and I got dinner, and then I got second dinner, and I got third dinner, and then I just roll into bed. <laughs> so first of all, I have to tell you, on the way back from dinner, there was a tornado watch and I um warning. It was not an actual tornado on the ground to my knowledge. And I could hear the sirens and I'd never heard that before. And it and I was in uh the I was it was freaking me out. I was in Decatur. I was a little outside of Atlanta, but it was really freaky. I'd never heard that before. Um and then at two in the morning there was an uh, an automated computer loudspeaker announcement. The warning is now over. You may return to your rooms. And I was like, I wasn't anywhere else but in my room. Where was I supposed to have been? And your bathtub. 
That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go get in the bathtub? Yeah. Interior wall, bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How many bath bombs go in the tub before the tornado hits? Four. <laughs> Every bath bomb you have because you might not make it out. You're trying so, to, but you have to it. time it correctly because you're going to try and counterbalance the pressure system. <laughs> okay. So I've told you all I have the disease, right? Where I talk about somebody and they're behind me. Yes. Yeah. I could talk about somebody from second grade. They'll knock on the door. So I'm at dinner last night. And as often happens, I tell the, we talk to the waitress about why we're here, why we're in town. And she's like, oh, I love romance novels. And I'm like, well, are you aware that on Saturday there's a massive book signing? And she's like, I love Kristen Ashley. Is Kristen Ashley going to be? I'm like, Kristen Ashley's here. And she's like, oh, I am getting my mom and we are, we are coming. I'm like, this is great. So we give her a list of book recommendations. Now we had happened to notice during dinner that Charlene Harris was at the next table and they had gone and the other parties had gone and we were having dessert. And this woman was like, I love Charlene Harris. I'm like, you know, she was right there. And she was like, what? And then she goes in the kitchen and I hear her scream at everyone in the kitchen. Yo, that was Charlene Harris. So I am this morning. I am this morning telling somebody from a group of people from Grand Central over breakfast about this. And I'm like, this woman walked in the kitchen and started screaming about Charlene Harris being there. And the woman tests me. She, no, Charlene Harris is sitting right behind you right now. This is happening to me twice, twice in a row. Charlene Harris. Is she's behind. in your orbit. She's she's my Mercury, and she knows I'm talking about her. So then this woman is. I had to ask where the bathroom was, and she's like, "Let me walk you over there." So we're walking over there and telling me about all the books she's read. She loves Charlene Harris. We recommended Cresley Cole, Shelley Laurenston, um, uh, Nalini Singh. Like we gave her a very substantial list. And she's like, "Do you know that there was a book I once read, and I couldn't remember the title or the author." And I was afraid. Come sit by me. I was like, I can help you very quickly. She's like, no, 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 no. I found it. But I was afraid to tell booksellers what book I was looking for. We've got a lot of used bookstores. And I could not tell anybody about this book. Because the men had hymens. And they were virgins. And they had barbed penises. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know this. But we've had this on the site and before I'm like, we've discussed it. Dara Joy. She's like, yes. I love Dara Joy. And I was like, I have not heard someone say the words Dara Joy to me in like five years. Like she was one of the earliest to do the super crazy out there erotic paranormals. And she was like, I was afraid to tell booksellers that I was looking for this book with barbed penises and hymens. And she's like, that book gave me life. And I finally found it in a used bookstore. And I'm like, you are so our people. It's not even funny. I lost my house keys while I've been here. That was a fun time. I didn't even know they were lost. But Christina Laura and found them. Yeah, I got a tweet that's like, we have your keys and we're holding them for ransom. I was like, I didn't even know they weren't in my purse anymore. <laughs> Did they have like your name? No. No, I, I went to their meet and greet earlier and I left and... Their publicist knows that I live in Boston and I have a Harvard bookstore keychain and I've got a, you know, Florida State University keychain on there. They're like, I know Amanda's from Florida. I know she now lives in Boston. These are her keys. (laughs) Plot twist. Plot twist. What if one of the authors like could touch objects and then like psychically intuit things? Like she's got a paranormal power. She's like, these are Amanda's keys. That would be amazing. Someone write that book. But just about finding lost keys. Yeah, that's all she does. She doesn't, like, use it to solve crimes. No, just, just Finding keys. lost keys, glasses, maybe that sock that's been missing for a while from your drawer. And that is all for this week's episode. I want to thank Amanda, Carrie, Elise, and Redheaded Girl for hanging out with me in my room. Recording this episode was an on-site test of all of the podcast equipment for the live show, which I record later that same day. So you're going to hear this one. And then next week I have an interview with some Swedish podcasters from Romance Podden. Then I'm going to be editing the live show, which is really, really, really fun. And I cannot wait to share it with you. It's going to be so exciting. But they helped me test all the equipment and all the cables and all the things. So thank you guys. I really, really appreciate it. I also want to thank everyone who supported the show and has supported the show and continues to do so on Patreon, patreon.com slash smartbitches. If you would like to help the show out for as little as a dollar a month, you are making an enormous difference in my ability to upgrade things and also learn newer, better, more gooder skills. So thank you for being a supporter of the show. And if you've had a look and you've shared the link, that's amazing. Thank you. I am very, very grateful. I got more thanks because I should just thank everybody, right? Yeah, that's good. Gratitude's nice. 
Some people write all write down all their gratitude. I'm just going to put it in a podcast. Actually, that would be kind of a cool idea, gratitude podcast, where you just sort of go around and be like, what are you thankful for? Not just at Thanksgiving. Outside of Turkey, what are you thankful for? Lots of ideas. Not enough time. Anyway, our music is from Sassy Outwater. Thank you, Sassy Outwater. She produced or connected to most of these albums that I feature, and I love having original different music in every episode because it saves me from having to make the decision of picking just one song. I get to have all the songs. This is Caravan Palace. This is from their double album, which contains both their self-titled album, Caravan Palace, and Panic. A lot of the songs have some vocals, so I don't feature them as the the bed. Did you know that's what that's called? I hope I'm right about this. The music that plays underneath someone speaking, I believe, is called the bed. So I'm not going to use music with a vocal as the bed because it can make the narration or my talky part a little bit more difficult to understand. But Caravan Palace is so great, and I'm really excited that I get to feature them. So thank you, Sassy. You can find Caravan Palace on their website, caravanpalace.com, and on Facebook. I don't think they're on MySpace. Some of the artists I feature are on MySpace, and it still gives me great joy. Somebody's going to be on Friendster, and my day will be made. Totally made. If you're looking for any of the pictures we took or some of the books we talked about, please have a happy journey over to smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, because I can say the name of my site really quickly, and that's where all the podcast information is. So if you want show notes or the transcript, because the transcript's totally rad, and it's created by Garlic Knitter, who's listening to this right now hi garlic knitter uh you can have a look at each transcript or read or listen or find books i mean we got lots of things for you to do so if you're looking for more information smart pitches trashybooks.com slash podcast i think that's all i think that's all i've got i have a long list i think i hit everything on the list hmm all right well next week we'll be back with romance podden swedish romance podcasters more discussion about romance because that's kind of how we roll in the meantime, on behalf of everyone here, including Orville and Wilbur, who are fighting over a box, gosh, we wish you the very best of reading. Have an excellent weekend.